everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Monday. It is March 7th. It is 2022. We have eight NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not much, man. Good to be here. Um, coming off another successful NASCAR weekend. So props to you on that. I had a, a decent weekend, made a little bit of money. I saw a lot of big screenshots in your discord. So another solid weekend from you and some fun racing we've been seeing here. You hear that Dean, my discord. Um, <laughs> if anybody's watching grinders live, they got that joke, but anybody that didn't watch grinders live the other day, they did not get that joke, but uh, the racing has been fantastic. I am. And if you're part of the NASCAR uh, premium, you know, this, I'm very excited about the opportunities that this car has presented for good drivers in subpar equipment. Um, so I'm excited for the season. And I mean, the projections have been absolutely on fire. So hoping we could keep that rolling. Um, so, but we got some good old fashioned hoops to talk about because it's Monday. It's back on the NBA grind. We get started here with Atlanta at Detroit, 227 and a half total in this one. The Hawks, a seven and a half to eight point favorite in most books here. Um, Herder is questionable. And then on the Detroit side, Diallo is questionable. Jackson is out still. Pretty, I mean, two pretty healthy teams right now. Um, you know, this game has a really nice total. And I mean, this game's in Detroit. So you never know what you're going to get. What are we looking at here for Atlanta? Yeah, all about Trey Young for me. Um, 10-2 is a hefty price tag, but we're, we're going to get into some some of the teams that are resting guys or have a bunch of guys out. I think there's going to be plenty of value. Um, it won't be too difficult to fit, fit studs in on this slate. So I like Trey Young in this matchup. Um, not really sure what we're going to get out of the rest of the rotation with Collins missing a little bit of time. Uh, did come back and play 25 minutes uh, a couple days ago. So I assume he's going to be in that 25 to 30 minute range for this game. He's down at 6,100. I don't know. I'm going to read some reports and things throughout the day and see what his minutes look like, but that's potentially a nice price on John Collins too. So very interested in the matchup. Um, Capella's minutes have been all over the place as well. I, I don't really have much interest there, but it's Trey Young and Collins are the main guys I'll be looking at. Yeah. I mean, Trey Young, I think, he has some really solid upside in this matchup and you kind of already touched on it. We're going to touch on it a lot here going over these eight games. There's a ton of value. Uh, I mean, the whole Portland team is out golden States resting people. Uh, you were, you know, you were talking to me about a pre-show. So, I mean, getting Trey young at 10, two is not going to be hard, especially like the Miami Houston game, that game, I think Miami is like a 16 point favorite in that game. So, I think getting Trey Young here is viable. I definitely don't mind John Collins at 6,100. The matchup's good. You're just kind of hoping that, you know, he's back in the starting lineup here and you're he's back to like 30 minutes. So pay attention if we get any minutes and if he's back in the starting lineup for John Collins because if they're going to kind of ease him in, maybe we wait one more slate. But I, I definitely want to take shots and, you know, get that before it happens. So. On the Detroit side, 
I mean, it's always Cade Cunningham for me. I think he's the the player with the ceiling. His floor is kind of all over the place. I wouldn't say it's like a safe floor, but like if I'm looking for someone to go 50 plus in a matchup, he's going to be that guy. Um, I mean, Stewart, Olenek, the the minutes are just kind of all over the place for these guys. Um, Grant, he's 6,500 and, you know, he's another guy that like, yeah, he has a little upside, but I think overall for Detroit, it's just, it's usually just Cade for me. Yeah, I agree with you on, on Cade. He's the guy I want to uh, bring back my Trey Young exposure with. Um, the spread isn't isn't out of control here, so I don't think there's a ton of blowout risk. Being in Detroit, I think that helps them keep the game somewhat close, and Cade is going to play a big part in that. Uh, Atlanta's been really weak on defense, so I like the Cade call a lot. I don't mind a little bit of Sadiq Bay. I'm um, probably not going to – I chased Jeremy Grant for quite a while when he first came back from injury, and he just hasn't really shown much of a ceiling. So probably off Grant, but I, I'll definitely have plenty of exposure to Cade. All right, we got Chicago at Philadelphia. This game has a 229 total here, and the 76ers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. On the Chicago side, Lonzo Caruso – out Vooch questionable definitely gonna have to pay attention to that that could you know be something that we're gonna be looking at on the Philadelphia side I mean they're healthy everybody's good to go James Harden to be back playing in this game uh, I don't know if he played over the weekend or if they played over the weekend in general but he didn't miss a game so with the hamstring so let's start with Chicago I mean on paper this should be a super competitive one of the better game environments on the slate and if Vooch ends up sitting, I mean, that's 18 points, 11-ish rebounds a game that is going to open up for – I mean, I would assume that they use Tristan Thompson. I just don't know how much they're really going to play Tristan Thompson. So I could see this game I, – I don't know if I could see this game going small because, I mean, Embiid – is there, they want to play Embiid, you know, 30 to 35 minutes a night. So I, I don't know. I think Tristan Thompson would actually be viable if Vooch doesn't play. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think he would run out there. I don't know how many minutes Chicago's comfortable running him out there for, but I think he'd be locked in for at least 20 minutes uh, with potential to get up to like the 25, 26, like somewhere in the mid twenties. I think they would be comfortable with, um, like you mentioned, they're, they're going to need size against Embiid. So I, I, Thompson is definitely the guy. Um, one of Chicago's big problems throughout the year has been depth in the front court. So that's that's why they signed Thompson. That's the reason that he's here. So I agree with you. I think he, at 3,200, he'd be a phenomenal play if Vucevic was to sit. Uh, if Vuce plays, it, I have trouble paying 9,700 for DeRozan. He was on fire there for a stretch where he was putting up 35-plus points a night has kind of fallen off on that a little bit. Uh, Zach Levine's getting healthier, and, and he's been really good. But 9,700 against a tough Philly defense is, is tough to pay for DeRozan if, if all three of the studs are in there. So I do have interest in Levine at 8,300. I like that price tag. Um, I'll play a little bit of him regardless of the Vooch uh, status. I don't know how much Vooch I would get to if, I, if he were to play. 8,600 is a fair price, but tougher matchup with Embiid on the other side. Uh, Philly just plays good team defense overall. So if, if Vooch is in there, it's probably just going to be Levine for me. 
if, if Vooch is out, uh, I have interest in DeRozan and Levine and definitely Thompson as well. Yeah, I mean, if Vooch is out, I, I talked about Thompson. I think DeRozan could be like a triple-double triple, triple double upside type play with no Vooch. We could see his rebound numbers go up. That'd be one, like, if you get Vooch out news, you probably want to go find DeRozan rebound prop somewhere because it's probably too low. So if you get that RG alert, and you're in a legal state, you know, check that quick because it will come down pretty fast. On the Philadelphia side, I mean, Joel Embiid is now up to 12K. Him and Harden are playing well together. This matchup is it's a good matchup. I mean, as far as, like, just the game in general, defensive-wise, Chicago is obviously not a bad defensive team. Maxi. His price is at 6700 I still think, like, I think Maxi's in play, and I'm I'm struggling at these prices with Embiid and Harden, but I'm also looking at this slate in general going, all right, I probably have enough money to play one of these guys. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Yep, I'm right there with you. Like, it doesn't seem like they should be able to – like, they. it's not just that one of them pays off their price tag and the other one is failing in a certain game. Like, they're both paying off their price tag. They're both putting up monster games in the – I think they've played four games together or something like that. Harden sat one of them. Um, but, yeah, they're coexisting beautifully and both putting up monster numbers. Uh, the price keeps going up, but if they're going to keep putting up 60 points a game, I think we just keep playing them. Um and, and Maxi is the, the most surprising one. Uh, he's still getting like his 15 shots a game. He's been scoring a ton of points, um, taking a ton of shots. So don't mind him at 6,700 either. I, th- I think all three of them are in play. The one guy that's definitely out is Tobias Harris. Like his role has just completely declined with Harden in town. Um, it's Maxi who's been involved as the, the, uh, the third scorer. Um, so Embiid, Harden, and Maxi for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely don't want to play Tobias Harris. Tobias might get down in, like, the 5K range over the next, like, month. Like, it might go down that much. And, I mean, I think once he gets under, like, 6,500, we're looking at him. But, I mean, I don't think we're playing him until he gets in the 5Ks because that's kind of the production. And what's interesting about Tobias is, you know, the shot attempts were there and then Harden – you know, when you're looking at games of Harden, they're not. So it's as simple as there's just not enough shots when Harden's on the floor for Tobias. Yep. Houston at Miami. This game, 225 total. Miami is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite, second end of a back-to-back for Houston. We will not have injury report for them. And then on the Miami side, Lowry is out. Caleb Martin is questionable. Mark Keith Morris is out. I think the interesting thing here is Victor Oladipo is questionable. He is getting very close to being back. Um, so we'll have to kind of see. They they said that he's ready, and we'll see if this is the spot. They're like, all right, it's Houston. We can definitely get Victor Oladipo some minutes here. Uh, the Houston side – I mean, one question mark will be, does Schroeder play? He did not play Sunday. So what are your thoughts here on the Rockets? Yeah, the Schroeder news actually matters for KPJ, I think. Uh, We saw he just handles the ball a little bit more without Schroeder. I think his ceiling is raised a little bit if Schroeder is out. 
Um, tough matchup against Miami, but Porter is still down at 6,200. If Schroeder's out, I, I have interest in that price tag. Probably out on Wood, tough matchup. He's been playing a little bit better lately, um, but with Bam on the other side, I, I would rather save the money and, and go to KPJ, I think. Um, probably won't chase any of the mid-range guys like Jalen Green and Jay Sean Tate have shown the capability of paying off their price tags, but I don't know that I'll chase it in this tough matchup against Miami. So probably just KPJ, um, definitely KPJ if Schroeder is out. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely worried about this game staying close. And I'll, I think, and I hate saying this, but when you're recording a podcast night before and you're trying to, you know, just do a landscape idea of what we're looking at for the day. I think my best advice for Houston is what is their ownership going to be in this game? If they're going to be low owned, fire some shots. I mean, if they're going to be any kind of popular, then, I mean, I probably run. And I, I think it's just more of a game theory spot on the Houston side, because Miami's a good defensive team. They're on the second end of a back-to-back Houston is, and, they're a huge dog here, but I mean, Houston, they want to get these guys minutes in like in games that haven't stayed close. We've seen KPJ play 30, 35 minutes. So I want to see the ownership um, before I really like dig in and, and like Jalen green's the same way. They want to get these guys minutes. They don't care about losing games. They want these guys to get some experience. So blowouts, yeah blowouts are not as as worried for me on the Houston side yeah that, that's a great point and we just saw this Sunday like there was huge blowout risk with uh, when they played Memphis and Houston came out and, and beat Memphis uh would put up a monster game at like 12 percent ownership or something like that but yeah great points I mean it's it's unpredictable we never know what's going to happen so if they're all coming in at, at really low ownership that that makes a ton of sense on the Miami side of this game, I mean, if you're building like a game stack with like KPJ and you want to run it back with Bammer Butler or Tyler Hero, I don't hate any of that. I don't think we play a little depot. I think they're going to be very careful if he does play in this game as far as like minutes. But what does that mean for, you know, a guy like Vincent? Does that hurt his minutes? So um, Max Struss, like, I still think Vincent's okay in tournaments. I even think Max Struss could be okay in tournaments in this spot because I don't think we're going to see Butler play 35 minutes if this game's not close. Yeah, the, the Oladipo situation is is making this a difficult one to break down. Um, if he's in there, I he's going to be on a minutes restriction, right? It'd be his first game all, all year. But even if he only gets like 15 minutes, that's still he's taking those minutes from somebody. It becomes difficult. Obviously, this is the best matchup you can ask for. So we probably want some exposure to Miami. Um, man, I, I, I just I don't know how how to deal with the Oladipo situation if he is in there. I think I would feel best about Bam in this spot just because he, we know Oladipo is not cutting into Bam's minutes probably run that back with somebody on Houston because you, you would need it to stay close for Bam to hit his ceiling. Um, but I think that's where I, I have the most interest, like the guard rotation with hero and Vincent and Struess. I, I just, I find that too complicated with, without knowing what we're going to see from Oladipo. Yeah. I mean, 
it's definitely risky. It's boom bust for sure. Cause we just don't know. And they probably don't let us know. Old Depot. I mean, I think he plays like 15 minutes, so I don't know if it's going to be too crazy. Yeah. Portland at Minnesota. This game, it was up on some books, and I think FanDuel still has it up at 233.5 with Portland as a as like a 15.5-point dog here. Um, so we'll see. But looking at the injury report for this one, Eric Bledsoe's out, Ingles is out, Lillard, Little, Nurkic, Simons, Winslow, they're all out. And on the Minnesota side, Pat Beverly is questionable, Edwards is doubtful, Prince is questionable, and Nas Reed is questionable. Um, So Portland first, I mean, it's a waste of time to go run court IQ because it's (laughs) just so – the sample size is going to be so small – Josh Hart, 7,400, I think we start there. Then we, you know, look at maybe a Watford or a Eubanks, um, Ellaby. But I think where we could potentially get the value on this game is like a Johnson or like a Brandon Williams. Because even in a game that doesn't stay close, I think both of these guys end up playing plenty of minutes to hit production value. And, you know, you kind of talked about it earlier in the podcast there's a ton of value. I, well, I think two these two guys are some of the best value plays on the slate. Yep, absolutely. Um, we've seen Portland; they've been shorthanded multiple times here in the in the recent past. Um, the one thing that that has been constant for them is Simons. So Simons being out, I mean that he's been taking a ton of shots, getting a ton of usage. Who's going to take take over that usage is yet to be determined. But the one thing that I feel most confident about is that Josh Hart is going to put up a ton of shots in this game. Uh, at 7,400, I mean, I think he's one of the best like point-per-dollar plays on the slate. We might see him put up 20 shots and play 35 minutes. To, I mean, obviously, we need the game to stay somewhat close for that to happen. But I, I absolutely love Josh Hart in this spot. Um, and then looking at some of the other guys – like the price tags on them are coming up a little bit. Watford's up to 5,100 Eubanks up to 5k. I still think they're playable at, at that price. Um, but I agree with you that the guards are better plays now that, that Simon's is out. Um, Brandon Williams is, is the one that jumps out. I don't know if he jumps into the starting lineup and plays the point. Um, I don't know if Johnson can handle the point. It'll be interesting to see what they roll out there as a starting lineup because whoever's taking over that point guard role, uh, I have a ton of interest and I have a ton of interest in, in Johnson and Williams either way, no matter um, what the lineup is. I expect both of them to be in there. Johnson has been starting even with Simon's active. So he's, I would assume he's definitely in and then Williams jumps in for Simon's, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Totally agree with you. Uh, both of them are, are awesome values. All right. So the other side of this game is the Minnesota side. And I think, this is an interesting just concept of what we know about DFS and we'll see a lot of ownership on Portland and maybe not so much on like a Minnesota side. Um, I mean, I think Russell is very much in play. I think if we do get news that uh, Beverly doesn't play, I think Beasley could be interesting. Noel, Jalen Noel could be interesting if Beverly doesn't play. 
So there's some options here for Minnesota to run back and make sure you get, you know, some ownership on the other side of this game. Yeah, Anthony Edwards still being questionable is interesting. We saw Towns just absolutely – For what it's worth. He's doubtful. Okay, so, I mean, we just saw Towns put up 70 DK points on this Portland team um, without Edwards in there. Towns gets a, a decent bump in, bump in usage when Edwards sits. So that that's important. I think Towns would be one of my favorite spend-ups on the slate if Edwards does miss again. Um, I played a ton of Russell in their last game against Portland when, when Beverly was out as well. He did okay, but I was expecting a little bit more, honestly. I, I would be willing to go right back to that and try to find that ceiling again from D'Angelo Russell. Um, without Edwards and Beverly in there. So definitely we'll be keeping an eye on those two guys. Um, ton of interest in, in Minnesota either way. And depending on who's out, I think you can look down down the depth chart as well, like Vanderbilt, McDaniels, and Beasley. All three of them would be in play if, if they're missing those two guys. All right, moving on. We got Utah at Dallas, two sixteen and a half total in this game and the Mavericks are a one and a half point favorite the injury report Utah second end of a back-to-back we won't have that news um Jalen Brunson is questionable Luca is probable he does have a questionable tag on DK but the NBA injury report has him as probable uh Hardaway is out and Kleber is questionable let's start here with the Jazz I think the price for Rudy Gobert is somewhat interesting at 7,900 Dallas. They have some bigs, but I don't know if they're going to necessarily match up with Gobert. Um, So, I mean, I don't think he is the craziest play and, you know, we know Donovan Mitchell is capable of monster games. So Bogdanovich, you know, he's okay. Conley's okay. But I think I'm looking at the two studs if I'm playing Utah guys. Yeah, I don't love Utah in this spot. On a back-to-back, playing against Dallas, who plays really slow and has been good on the defensive end. Um, Mitchell hurt me on on Sunday. He missed his – I mean, he was crushing going into the fourth quarter, and then he just kind of disappeared in the fourth quarter. I I wrote up his uh, points prop on scores and odds, and he ended up missing – he missed two free throws down the stretch that that cost me that prop, but – this is a much tougher matchup, and Conley's going to be back as well. So I just I don't love this spot. If if they're coming in under ten percent owned or something like that, I might have some interest, um, and I would prefer Gobert over Mitchell. But kind of dependent on the ownership for me, and dependent I, I would need Luca playing on the other side as well to make sure that this game stays competitive. But Utah on a back to back and the tough matchup with Dallas, not a ton of interest here. Um. The Dallas side, I mean, Luca is obviously always in play, you know, especially now the usage is just through the roof. The shot attempts, almost 20-plus every single night. We've seen him have 30-plus shot attempts in games. He's always someone that you – I think you have to consider as like a top play right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's seeing insane usage rates. Um, so matchup just isn't going to matter. Um and on this slate where we've talked about Portland and all the value there, there's still more to come on the slate. Like it's not going to be difficult if you want to get um, 12-2 with that usage is, is no problem at all. 
uh, he can smash in any matchup. So definitely agree. He's going to be a big part of, of the plans for the slate. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is another guy that's been playing really well. We've seen the minutes come up on him. He's been taking more shots here recently. So it looks like he's, he's finding a groove playing next to Luca. Um, I've got some interest in that at, at 6,200, um, obviously tough matchup against Utah, but um, I still just feel like w- with the role that he's kind of settling into, he's still a little bit underpriced at 6,200. Lakers at San Antonio taking on the Spurs, 235 and a half total in this game. The Spurs, a three-point favorite. Anthony Davis out. LeBron questionable. None remains out. And on the Spurs side, Bates Diop is questionable. DeJounte Murray is questionable. Vassal is questionable. Starting with the Lakers, I mean – LeBron, if he plays, I, I think he's I, – I said it last week on the podcast that I was just waiting for LeBron to take over a game and have a monster game. Well, it happened. Uh, I mean, the Golden State game, LeBron shot the ball 31 times. He had 56 actual points. Um, I think he's sick of losing, and I think we're going to see very high usage LeBron until Davis comes back, like – it's not playoff time yet, but I mean, you need to win games. So I, I think LeBron, if he plays, is very much in play. And Westbrook is still too expensive. And he's just priced at 8,100 because he's Russell Westbrook at this point. Yeah, uh, totally agree with your points on LeBron. Um, he's just going to have to do it all for this team if they want to stay in the hunt and, and make the playoffs. Um, they just. They don't really have anyone else to get it done. So absolutely agree. Love the the matchup here with the Spurs. They play fast. So this should be a, a high-paced game. Um, it, we need Murray to play on the other side, I think. If, if Murray sits, then I, I become less interested in, in the Lakers side as well. But I absolutely love LeBron if Murray is in there. Um, I mean, on the Spurs side, if DeJounte plays, I really like DeJounte if DeJounte sits I think Johnson is super interesting if Vassal and Murray sit Lonnie Walker is 4600 and I have a ton of interest in him and I think Trey Jones would be someone that'd be in line you know to play big minutes here so I think the Spurs could be another team that we see a ton of value or no value so I'm going to be paying attention to the injury report for them for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like this game environment, talked about the pace. It should be very up-tempo. Um, going to love DeJounte in that spot if he plays. If not, then everybody is too cheap because they're going to be falling into some extra usage with a, a massive usage player like Murray out. So keep an eye on the injury report. Going to play DeJounte if he's in there. If he's out, there will be plenty of, of plays. I like Walker. Um Pertle at, at seventy nine hundred. If Murray is in there, I'm not sure if I can do it. If Murray w- were to sit, then I think Pertle would become very viable at seventy nine hundred. Um, LA has struggled against big men this year, so like that matchup for him. I'm not sure I can do it with Murray. Without Murray, I'm definitely interested. All right, we're cruising along here. We got two games left. We got Golden State at Denver taking on the Nuggets. Two fourteen total in this game. 
the Warriors a six-point favorite. Denver, second end of a back-to-back. Golden State, Draymond, Curry, Iguodala, Peyton, Clay, Wiggins, Wiseman, out. I'll say this. I see that some books took this down. If you're listening to this podcast and you see the Warriors minus six, go bet the Nuggets plus six in this game. I mean, that is my that is my advice. I know that the Nuggets are on the second end of a back-to-back, and I get that. But, I mean, Golden State is going to be starting Poole, Porter, Kaminga, Looney, Moody or Lee, uh, like, you know, uh, to that fifth person, I think I could nail down four, but the fifth person I think is where I'd struggle. But I think this is a, a good bet if you could get that. But um, Golden State side here, Keith, I, I mean, I just kind of said it. I, I think Jordan Poole, 5,300, top value play on the slate, in my opinion. Um, we know what happens with his usage. Porter Jr., Kaminga, I mean, these guys are under 5K. There's a ton of value here for Golden State. Yeah, absolutely. Pool, I mean, Pool, we've seen it before without Curry, has just put up massive massive usage numbers. Um, So he is is far too cheap. Um, We've seen in the past, when Golden State is resting guys, they'll keep Pool coming off the bench. But because they're resting all three of them, Curry, Thompson, and Wiggins, I, I mean, he has to jump into the starting lineup, I would think. Um, but either way, he's, he's going to put up a ton of shots in this game, probably is the primary scorer on golden state. So he's, he's far too cheap. I think you can look at, at all of the value guys. The starting lineup is, is going to play a little bit of a role and hopefully help guide us into who's going to see the minutes here. But, um, I mean, with Curry Thompson and Wiggins all, all out, everybody's too cheap here, basically. All right. I mean, if we are looking at so much Golden State here, what are we looking at here for Denver? Um, I mean, Jokic is obviously the guy. There's going to be blowout risk with the stars on Golden State resting. One thing that's interesting is Will Barton left the game Sunday in the fourth quarter, and I do not think he returned. Um, I'll have to check into that a little bit more. But if Barton were to miss this game – then some of the secondary pieces on Denver become a little bit interesting. It's usually just Jokic or nothing for me on Denver, but if Barton were to miss and I mean, Golden State's obviously resting a bunch of guys. I think that we could look a little bit down the depth chart on some of the Denver guys, but I struggle to want to play Jokic in this game. I just feel like he's going to crush for three quarters and then get taken out and he's going to fall just short of like a tournament winning fantasy score um but maybe somebody like uh monte morris or if if uh barton is out bones highland would be the guy i would be looking at but definitely going to keep an eye on that barton situation slight interest in Jokic, but worried about the the blowout a little bit we finish out the slate with new york knicks at sacramento taking on the kings 229 and a half total here kings a three and a half point favorite the Knicks second end of a back-to-back. Uh, the Kings, no Terrence Davis. Jeremy Lamb is questionable. So, I mean, we know that there's a good chance to, Derek Rose doesn't play. Um, you know, he's 
dealing with that ankle injury, even if he does play, I mean, Kimba Walker is probably never going to play for the Knicks again. So we kind of know that. Um, so starting here with New York, I mean, RJ Barrett, we've just seen massive usage from this guy here recently. Um, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Yeah, I, I have some interest in the Knicks in this matchup with Sacramento. Um, you, you mentioned Barrett. He's been outstanding here recently, been scoring a ton of points. Um, Alec Burks is kind of stepping into that point guard role a little bit. I think he's still underpriced, especially for this matchup. So I have a lot of interest in those two guys. Randall is kind of taking a back seat to Barrett, and he's $1,500 more. So I'll, I'll just play Barrett over Randall. I, I don't see myself with much exposure to Randall. Um, Fournier is a guy who's shown a ceiling every now and then he'll just randomly throw up a, and score 30 points. So I don't mind taking some shots on him. Not a, not a primary target for me. Um, but I don't mind it in deep tournaments, but I think Burks is a great value play and I love RJ for a ceiling. I think RJ has a big ceiling in this spot. Um, and I also think that if you're playing large field tournaments, like very top heavy tournaments, Mitch Rob, 37 minutes the other night against Phoenix. Um, this could be an interesting spot for him if he got the minutes. So on the Kings side, I mean, Fox is now 9,300. If you follow my philosophy that, that he was just too cheap, you know, you got two really strong games in a row. The one game that, like, I really wanted him to have a good game, he didn't. But, I mean – Ceiling wise, I think Fox is still your ceiling play. Sabonis is just kind of consistent, but he is not really paying off that price tag. So I think on the Kings, we leave the value uh, to other teams and we just kind of get Fox here. Yeah, I agree with you. Fox is the number one target. Um, I don't mind Sabonis. I think um, if Robinson were to get in foul trouble or something, he's a guy that can can get into foul trouble. And then the, the Knicks get really thin in the front court after that. We saw uh, Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel miss the last game out. Obi Toppin as well. So the front court depth for the Knicks is just kind of depleted right now. Um, and we'll have to see what who ends up playing from that group tomorrow, if anybody. But I, I do like Sabonis a decent amount too. I prefer Fox slightly, even though the price tag has come up. Uh, but I will have a little bit of Sabonis. hey Sabonis. Let it ride, right, Keith? Let it ride. All right, so let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. we got a few, like three handfuls of players down <laughs> here today, it seems like. Yes, we definitely do. Um, I'm going to go with Brandon Williams. I think Simon's being out. He is the guy that's going to step into that higher usage role. Um, give me Brandon Williams. Williams was my guy as well. But like I said, we have a ton of people down here. I'm going to go Jonathan Kaminga at 4,500. Um, I mean, this guy is just all about getting minutes. We know that he can produce when he gets the minutes. So I'm going to go Jonathan Kaminga. Favorite over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Um, I'm going to go with DeRozan. Uh, I think Vucevic ends up suiting up and then just a tough matchup against Philly. Uh, Levine is healthier now and seeing a bunch of usage. So, uh, 9,700 for DeRozan feels just a little bit steep. 
All right. I'll see your DeRozan and raise you a Julius Randle. Um, he was absolutely crushing with R.J. Barrett off the floor. It has not been the same since R.J. Barrett has come back, and the price has not adjusted whatsoever. So I'm going to go Julius Randle here. I like it. Who's your favorite 6X play today? There's a bunch of guys that are that are underpriced on this slate. Um, Josh Hart is the one that I think I feel best about. He's going to see a, a massive role uh, and basically is the only like key rotation piece for Portland that's healthy. I'm going to go Jordan Poole. I just, this is, the price tag is way too low. Um, yeah, he, he should absolutely crush in the spot. So I'm going to go Jordan Poole. Uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Um, so we have all kinds of value on Portland. We have all kinds of value on Golden State. I don't think any other teams were really going to be seeing um, popular value plays. I talked about um, the Spurs and liking Pirtle a little bit because of the matchup. Um, Zach Collins is a guy that's been running into a little bit of a few minutes here. Uh, he was up to 18 in the last game, ended up with 26 DK points. So if we can get him up into that 20 minute range, uh, he's still only 3,400, and nobody's going to play him with all the other value. Um, I think it's it's so interesting how this slate kind of sets up. Um, I'm going to kind of just go way off the board here and go Cade Cunningham. I like I, it. I, mean, I, I hope he's that low on. I, I, I think he'll be low. I think he'll be low I think – the reason I think he's going to be loaned, I think, especially on DraftKings, we're going to see a lot of stars and scrubs types of builds. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of people, um, you know, go above Cunningham because they take that stars scrubs type approach. Yep. I, I agree with you. He's in that same range as Josh Hart too. So that's going to be, I mean, Hart's going to get all the ownership, which might leave Kate overlooked. I like it. All right. Uh, any bets standing out to you here night before? Uh, I already talked about one that I really like. I really like the Nuggets plus six. Um, there's a few books that still have it up. It looks like DraftKings still has it up. Uh, bet 365, Unibet, uh, and points bet. So if you are in a legal state and you haven't used any of those sites, make sure you go over to Roto-Grinders, hit sportsbooks, and take advantage of those offers. Um, crushing it with the offers, man. They really are. Yep. Um, I did, I did have one that stood out that just the game environment that I, I just don't see this being a high scoring game. Uh, the Utah Dallas game. I like the under two sixteen and a half total there. Um, Utah on a back-to-back and, and Dallas has been really good on defense. So if Luca ends up missing, I mean, I know he's probable he, pro- he's going to play more than likely, but um, still just a slower paced game with two good defenses. I like the under in that game. All right, Keith, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, fun fun slate here. Uh, I think there's going to be plenty of ways to get different. We're going to get some some chalky value plays for sure. Imagine like having – so I have value tags in lineup HQ today. Imagine having that. Um, I'm going to be – I'm going to be tagging a bunch of people. Uh, because Swimming in options for sure. <laughs> there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. So – That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back tomorrow talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.